Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Holt Smash. Holt Smash, what's up? How's it going, Alex? It's good to uh, see you in person. Um, hope you're enjoying your trip to Memphis. I am indeed, and it is very nice to see both you and JB in person and talk on the same podcast recording equipment all together instead of remotely. It is, and you know, just before this podcast began, uh, we were already discussing our fantasy football league for this year, and we were trying to get all the league set up and all that, which is a lot of fun. But now we're switching gears and going straight into SEC football, mainly with the East tonight, the East edition. Yep, JB might want to take over hosting duties for me, but um, yeah, we are going to preview the SEC East teams, team by team, go over each single game uh, for the entire schedule for the East. So excited about that. Before we get into that, um, some news around the country uh, really sticking to the SEC though is the major news is the LSU entire team essentially opting out of the season for NFL draft reasons primarily and maybe a little bit of COVID but I would suspect uh, primarily NFL draft you have Jamar Chase dropping out and the defensive tackle draft dropping out as well what was his name JB? Tyler Shelvin I think that's right that was a pop quiz pop quiz for JB um, hold. How does that make you feel about LSU dro- opting out? Do you understand it? Or are you still mad about it? I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm mad about it. I mean, I definitely understand. Um, you know, both those guys have a potential to be drafted really high this year, no matter what they do. Um, so it's definitely understandable. Um, just a, another tough hit for LSU. I mean, they've had so many. Um, you know, someone tweeted out their depth chart from last from the national championship game and. Um, you know, you talk about Georgia losing a lot, which we have been, and we'll get to later on the podcast. But LSU may have lost more than I think they have lost more than anyone in the country. They've lost more than any um, national champion in the past. I want to say fifteen years. Um, so definitely going to be a completely different football team this year. You know, still really talented. Um, and then Ed Orgeron did unfortunately hint today that there's a couple more players may be opting out as well. So definitely want to watch out for. Uh, you know, a couple of those guys, obviously, Stingley, the corner, um, I don't think he'll opt out, but he is probably their best player right now. And uh, I think the safety, I want to say Stevens, um, is another guy to watch out for. Um, if they're able to hold on to those two guys, then I think they'll be okay. But, um, you know, those are definitely the two that they don't want to lose out on. Yeah, to your point, Holt, there's only, I think, five players that are returning from the national championship team last year. 
so um, it will be a completely different team. But luckily for reload, L- yeah, luckily for LSU, they do recruit really well. So um, they won't be using their uh, talented four and five star recruits right off the bat this year. Sounds like um, JBD. I know this is a weird season, and we have um, COVID affecting games and. Um, so it's short, shortened season, but then there's also this NFL draft, like norm, like happens every year. But I guess what I'm getting to, JB, is is this kind of a, like alarming trend for you with uh, players opting out? We've seen before that players won't play in the bowl games uh, before an NFL draft to like make sure they don't get injured. But this is like the whole season. Does that kind of make you nervous for the future of college football players that are good sophomores? Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit disturbing. I mean, a lot of them might, you know are somewhat using COVID as, you know, a good excuse to uh, opt out. But now that this is really like the initiator that's going to really start like that new trend that you were mentioning. And, you know, you could have times in the future where you have key players on key teams and like people are not going to know for sure if they're going to come back after their sophomore year and play a full season the following season because they're going to have the ability to opt out. So this is something that's going to have to be addressed in the future. I mean, like I said, it is a little bit alarming that we've seen some, like, really key players and, and electrifying players, namely, like, Jamar Chase and uh, Gainwell from Memphis that have both have, uh, opted out this season that were, you know, supposed to be some of the best players in college football this year. Yeah, I think at the end, the college football fan loses the most from this. It, they do. So it is very sad to see um, exciting college players uh, sit out just to wait for the NFL, so... Hopefully it won't be a trend that continues. Last week, JB, we previewed the West, and um, out of the three of us, you were probably the most high on LSU. How does this change your opinion, or does this change your opinion of LSU for next year? Are they still like a top five, top ten team? I mean, it has to change my opinion significantly because, I mean, they lost their best their best player on offense, and they lost their plug on the defensive line. That was, And both of these guys projected uh, at least first-round picks, and – Shelvin possibly, you know, a first or second round pick, uh, you know, Chase being a top 10 projected pick. I mean, that's two key contributors to this year's team. I mean, LSU is stacked with talent. They're going to reload, but they're not going to have a lot of experience on, you know, this on their two deep this year compared to what they had last year. So that definitely concerns me a little. I mean, I, I dropped their record from nine and one to eight and two. So, I mean, I definitely think losing those two guys is enough for me to drop them at least one game. I mean, they're still going to be a talented, fun team. But, yeah, they're definitely going to take a step back. Yep, I would agree with you also, JB. Oh, for LSU, just with all the turnover, can you still, without even like knowing the depth chart, just trust that LSU is going to have really good running backs next year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I do know, based on their recruiting rankings, that they're ranked really well, and the fact that LSU always has really good running backs. Um, to me – uh, what I want to see from LSU this year is I want to see them stay aggressive in the passing game. Um, you know, we know they have some really highly rated receivers as well. They got um, – I can't believe I forgot his name. Terrace Marshall. Well, yeah, I was going to say the uh, true freshman tight end for Marietta um, is I think the highest rated tight end in recent recruiting history. Um, uh, even higher rated than O.J. Howard was uh, initially coming out of high school. So um, that's someone that they're really excited about. And I want to see this offense, like, really stay aggressive – you know, Joe Brady leaving and with those talented running backs, it's going to be really easy for Ensminger to fall back into some, into some old habits. And uh, that may be good enough for them to, 
you know, win a few games uh, that they're supposed to win. Um, but when it comes to playing like Alabama and, you know, some Florida and some other more talented teams in the conference, um, they're really going to need to get that passing game yeah. going. And I'm excited to see Miles Brennan play too. I mean, I really think he's going to be a really talented uh, player for LSU. He's been patiently waiting, you know, behind the wings. And being a fourth-year junior, like, I really like his abilities this season. Excuse me. Are we running ads now? We're, we're, trying, to, we're trying to get paid, just like everybody else. It's tough out here in the pandemic, so we're just trying to make a little money while JB's talking. Don't mind us. Uh, JB, did you have anything else to say while our ad was playing over you? I did not, but, I mean, just reiterating, I mean, I really like uh, Miles Brennan. A lot of people have forgotten about him and just think that, you know, they're just going to drop off significantly quarterback. I mean, Joe Burrow was in his own league, and he he had arguably the best season an SEC quarterback has had in history. But Miles Brennan is going to be a tough cookie. He's, he's going to be a good quarterback. <laughs> tough cookie. That yeah, might be the, JB's now a third-grade uh, English teacher. That might be the JB catchphrase. Um, we're just going to have to <laughs> use that going forward. He's a tough cookie. I'm sure that's how Ed Orgeron is firing up his troops. Like, y'all go out there and be tough cookies. <laughs> tough cookies. Yeah. One team, one tough cookie. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. A couple things to add on before we move to the east about LSU. Um, mentioned Miles Vernon. Um, I talked to you earlier, Holt, about the running backs. Uh, John Emery, I remember from remember now from last year, he was like the five-star running back, I think, that uh, I think got hurt or redshirted last year, didn't play much last year. And he should be ready to go this year. Also, hold the tight end you're referring to. I uh, did just fact check you is Eric Gilberts or Irik. <laughs> it's A R I K. I'll yeah. figure out how to pronounce and it eventually. Another running back that uh, is going to be really good for them is uh, not just John Emery, but uh, Davis Price, who is, came in the same class as John Emery. Look for him to uh, really take on another load. Like, it's going to be really fun to watch uh, Davis Price and Emery. That's going to be the main uh, duo for the next couple seasons in Baton Rouge. LSU is uh, never going to be hurting for running back talent. Yeah. It doesn't seem like ever. It, is, it did get me a little more excited when you were saying that Gilbert is supposed to be better than O.J. Howard because I did love me some O.J. Howard at Alabama. And they, um, despite O.J. Howard's numbers at Alabama, I still feel like they didn't throw the ball to him enough at Alabama. So um, I will look forward to Gilbert taking over in LSU, at LSU, especially with Chase down. All right, so moving to the east. Um, all right, so we're going to go probably alphabetical order, uh, team by team. But let's talk about the east high level. I think we mentioned this last week. Um, there seems to be maybe a slight shift from the west to the east for the powers in the SEC. The west has kind of dominated the past 10 years, I feel like. Uh, but with uh, Georgia obviously being good the past like three or four years ever since Kirby Smart got there, or really, I guess, taking a next level, next step up with Kirby Smart. And then you have Florida being a very consistently pretty good team, a top 10 team now. And you have Kentucky taking a next step. Uh, and then uh, this could be Tennessee's year, as JB likes or <laughs> as Tennessee fans like to say every year. Uh, this you is got to get a seat on the sun because it's going to be the Vols year. <laughs> yeah, is that what a the place in the shade? Is that what the guy said on yeah. Comedy Central? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that now. <laughs> now it's like Tennessee fans have like taken yeah. that and run with it, like that's their own thing. <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a spot in the shade because it's the Vols year. That's it's pretty funny that uh, they're taking that as their own now. All right, so high level, JB, what excites you about the East, or what what can you tell me about the storylines? I think there's a little bit more. Um, uh, stability for coaches here. I don't think there's a 
there's Drinkowitz from Missouri, I guess, <laughs> is the uh, he's he's trying he's going to try to win the Sun Belt this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, what 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 storylines or what can you tell me that excites you about the East? Well, I mean, I really like what want to see this uh, Georgia offense under Todd Munkin. I mean, that's everybody. I mean, they're going from. A pro, a boring pro style system they had one year, last year under James Coley that was stagnant and ineffective. Took a drop off after they lost Jim Chaney. Now they're going to a spread air raid type offense with a, a dual threat quarterback in Jamie Newman. I mean, I think J T. Daniels is probably better than Newman, but I think uh, Newman's got the upper hand uh, going into the season. And I mean, their offense is going to be electrifying. What it concerns me more most about them is an inexperienced offensive line. But with this with this system, and they're going to be able to uh, have them get rid of the ball quickly. It'll be a lot of quick routes, uh, five ten yard passes, and I mean it's going to be fun. I mean I'm I'm excited to watch them. Florida, um, Kyle Trask is really stable. I mean I'm excited about him too, and uh, their defense I think is going to be really stout. But I mean Georgia's team I'm highest on. But to me it's going to be trying to find who is the sleeper in the East. Is it Kentucky or is it Tennessee? Do you think there's a chance that Will Muschamp could get fired during a pandemic? If there's one coach in the SEC that might be bad enough to get fired even during a pandemic, <laughs> I think it might be Will Muschamp. Yeah. Um, you know, like we, we joke about, or at least I joke about, um, basically every game he plays is an ugly one. It doesn't really matter who he plays, how good they are, how explosive they are on offense. He is going to find a way to make the game ugly, and he's going to find a way to probably lose it. Um, but, uh you know, that being said, he's recruited so well. Like, I mean, I don't know if South Carolina will ever recruit as well as they're recruiting right now. Uh, but that being said, it doesn't really matter if you can't coach him up. And, uh, you know, he does a great job recruiting. And, you know, I definitely get a little bit jealous of South Carolina during the recruiting season. But during the regular season, I mean, they're just a mess. And, uh, you know, last year their schedule was really tough. They did pull the upset over Georgia. Um, but 4-8 and eight just isn't going to cut it no matter where, you know, no matter yeah. where you are. I mean, it does – you can have all the excuses you want. You go four and eight. That's not good enough. And then they had two straight losing seasons. They went five and seven uh, the year before, four and eight last year. Uh, the first two years they were really promising, and then the last two years, like they've just gotten worse every single season. And I mean, quite frankly, I don't know if they're going to be any better either this year. Do you yeah. think? I mean, Mike Bobo coming in as offensive coordinator, like I just that doesn't don't, excite me. Like I mean, it. He's got some experience. He did some good things at Colorado State. And um, Georgia. Yeah, I mean, Georgia fans hated him. I know that. They did. And um, but they hated Todd Grantham, too. And they he's, did. And he's had a nice little resurgence in his it's hard. It's hard to satisfy Georgia fans. I mean, they didn't like Mark Richt either. And all he did was win 10 games yeah. almost every year. Yeah. Well, I mean, that being said, I mean, I, I definitely think my Bobo knows what he's doing. But he's not someone who, like, is really going to excite you. Yeah, he's not um, electrifying. And they're not, you know, they're not going to all of a sudden get really explosive on offense. But, you know, they have a really highly recruited quarterback. Um that's going to be a sophomore this year. And then they had uh, the Holinsky kid. And then they had, um, you know, they've got, like, another really highly rated quarterback committed to him right now. So, like, I just don't uh, – what's up on him? Yeah, he's smirking. Is he thinking about who the tough cookie is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was just, like, but, in the middle of, like, a like – just, Alex just looked over at me deep, and, like, like just deep, started laughing. I was in the middle of, like, a deep <laughs> breakdown. And, like, you two just, like, just, like, giggling like little schoolgirls over there. Hold, do you think uh, Will Muschamp would have been fired last year if they didn't beat Georgia? 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, that was really the only thing that saved his job. I it's mean, crazy. You can go four and eight, but still like have a big win like that. It doesn't make sense to me, but that's kind of how we play. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had that big win and they still went four and eight. I mean, that's <laughs> no. like yeah, like that's, that's what like, that's what saved Muschamp. Honestly, I think if, like if he doesn't beat Georgia, he has no signature you're, win. You last go three year. and nine. Yeah, and then yeah. it's hard. It's hard to uh, accept that. Yeah. And I mean, Mike Bobo to me is like. The type of hire, like it's, he's going to marginally improve that offense, but it's not something that's electrifying either. I mean, Helensky's talented. I mean, he's he's he can be really good, but I still don't trust the South Carolina team to uh, you know take that next step and get back to being a uh, five hundred caliber team. I uh, I don't understand how they recruit so well when they're so they bad. Yeah, they sense. recruit. But, I mean, I every mean, year much chance been there, they've been top fifteen in recruiting and. And the thing you can say about Muschamp, too, is, like, one thing that he always says, and it always comes back to bite him, is you can't be an assistant coach on his staff if you're not a good recruiter. And, you know, they coach like good recruiters because they don't, <laughs> they don't actually coach. They just yeah. recruit. Yeah, and, nice. I mean, that's the thing. is like they don't develop as players. They don't get better. Um, you know, they, it just seems like they come in, they're really highly rated, but they never get coached up or developed. Yeah. But the good thing is – if they hire a coach who is a good coach next year, then he's going to have plenty of talent to work with. Yeah, so. like to me, South Carolina, if they put everything together, put it all together with this roster, they're a five or six win team in my opinion. I mean, they, the talent is there. The talent is not a problem there, but they're also the team that's they're going to have to prove me wrong. Like I have not seen enough from South, South Carolina the last two years to have confidence in them. So to, for me to like you know give them a little bit more respect in the East this year, to me they're they're only the you know, fifth best team instead of being challenging for the third or fourth best team currently. Before we get into the schedule, Holt, tell me about a sleeper player in the East that is going to do big things this year. Sleeper player? I mean, you know, we ran a poll today about the best running back in SEC <laughs> and, of course, got hijacked by Arkansas fans, as most of our polls do. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, a, a lot of responses, um, you know, for – Larry Roundtree, um, Smoke, yeah, Cavazzi, Smoke, uh, AJ Gray. Rose, um, basically all of the Kentucky running backs. Eric Gray too. I um, saw a few of those. Yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I actually totally forgot that Larry Roundtree was still back. He's been um, there forever. Like, he he had a huge year a couple years ago, and then last year um, I hyped him up a lot in the preseason. I just assumed that he had graduated, but apparently he's back for his senior year. And I would not be surprised at all if he, if he came back and uh, is the focal point of their offense this year. Oh, he will be. I mean, he's been there forever. I mean, he reminds me of uh, a former Clemson receiver that we always uh, messed about, saying he'd been there for 10 years. Renfro. Yeah. Renfro. Like, yeah. he, Roundtree. Like, I remember when he and, like, uh, DeMaurier Crockett were, like, a tandem three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, time really flies. I mean, I, mean I, I thought he – I actually thought he was already gone too. So that, yeah. that when was When I started surprising. to see those tweets, I was like, does this Missouri fan know that, like, this dude's, like, been gone for, like, two years? <laughs> well, did you know? And then I even, like, looked at the roster and I was like, oh, my God, that dude's still there. <laughs> God. All right, let's get into the team. So starting with Florida, uh, we've gone through a lot of these games, the crossover games with the West. So this actually could go a little bit quicker than we thought. So high-level Florida – um, first thing that comes to my mind is that they're going to be a consistent top 10 team and they'll probably finish the top 10 team this year. Holt, do you think this is the year they could beat Georgia? I mean, Georgia does have a lot of turnover. You're asking about Florida? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I. if this is – if there's going to be a year, I think it might be this one. Um, the reason I don't say that too much is because I don't think Damon has his quarterback yet. Um, but – I definitely think this is going to be one of the lower tier Georgia teams that he's going to have to face, and this might be you know the one of the 
you know, his one of his best chances from that perspective. Um, I do worry about some of the receivers uh, potentially opting out. I don't know if any of that's been made official yet, but there's just been a lot of yeah, like rumblings about it. I know Tony was one um, of them. So, you know, that's that's definitely going to be uh, difficult to replace uh, with Trask being more of a, you know, um, I guess an immobile quarterback. Um, he's not going to be able to make plays by himself. He needs those receivers to be getting open and to be making plays. Um, so if, there, so if some of the receivers start opting out, that could really hurt the offense. But that being said, um, you know, I know Dan Mullen's really confident going into this year, and I think he's got a really good team. Um, but, you know, it's going to be – it's all going to come down to that Georgia game. I mean, plain and simple. If they win that game, then it's going to be a good season, and, and they're probably going to win the East. And if they don't, then they're going to be in trouble, and there's going to be a lot more rumblings. And, uh, you know, he – you know, as I think a lot of us expected, not recruited that well at Florida um, compared to what Florida's used to. And um, he's just not a recruiter, you know what I mean? And when you're going against Kirby that, Smart and Nick Saban and even Jeremy Pruitt now, like, I mean, people aren't going to, you know, appreciate that because they're, they're used to Urban Meyer and Will Muschamp being great recruiters there. He's like the anti-Will Muschamp, like, coaches yeah. well but doesn't recruit well. Yeah, So exactly. That. JB, is uh, Kyle Trask a good quarterback or does Dan Mullen make Kyle Trask a good quarterback? Because he's, I mean, if you look at the, like, top quarterback in SEC, he's on up there. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's highly efficient, and, like, he's a really great decision maker. That's what I really like about Trask. He doesn't really have all the arm talent that a guy like Felipe Franks had. Like, Trask is not a guy that with a cannon of an arm, but he just makes really good decisions, and he's a really great game manager. And, and that's, that's really all you need in a Dan Mullen system to be able to move the ball efficiently. And with him having a year under his belt as a starter, like, I think Trask is going to have a really great senior season. And it, it all hinges to me on the three receivers, you know, at, at Florida – you know, are they going to play? Like, I know they're practicing now, but they, you know, have been in and out as far as, like, decisions, whether or not they're going to play. But that, to me, is going to be a, a huge focal point for me, uh, how far this Florida team can go. I mean, I think Florida could be easily a 9-1 team, but also think their floor could be 5-5, five and five, you know, at their worst. I mean, but I, I was still with the higher range at the same time. Yep, yep, yep. Let's get into the actual schedule here. So we went over a lot of these. I'm trying to look up the over-under for Florida. I can't find it right now. If you give me a second, I will find it. Um, Ten games. Uh, I think they could probably win maybe eight of these at least. We'll see. The hard ones are LSU, Georgia. Um, even at Tennessee, it might be tough. And at A&M, I guess. But uh, let's just go one by one here. Starting with Ole Miss, we already went over this earlier. We we said that uh, Florida's going to beat Ole Miss. Next one, South Carolina. I'm assuming we're all going to say Florida's going to win that one easily. Yes. It's going to be ugly. ugly. Is it going to be ugly, Holt? It's going to be ugly. <laughs> well, Muschamp's going to find a way to lose it. Okay, just making sure Muschamp's not going to have a pretty game in his life. All right, the next one we've already talked about um, at a and I think this might have been a – was this a split decision? This was a split decision. I went with Texas A&M in this one. Okay, then that means yeah. me and him went with Florida. Me and Holt went with Florida, mm-hmm. so – that's what we went with, and that's what we're staying with. The next game, um, give me a chance here, JB, is LSU. It's at Florida. Um, I think you said LSU here. I picked Florida. Oh, you did pick Florida. Yes. Okay, so you stick with that yeah, one. I picked Florida as well. Okay, so that's easy for us again. Florida. Next game is Missouri and Florida. We're all going to take Florida there. Yes. And that leads us to the rivalry game with Georgia. This one we can talk about for a second. Uh, JB, break this one down for me. Yeah, this one's this one like don't say tough, don't say tough. I know, I wasn't gonna say that, but three months ago, I was definitely leaning more towards Florida. Now I'm leaning more towards Georgia. 
the biggest thing for me is that I think Georgia's going to be able to put up way too many points that Florida can't, you know, score and keep up with. By then, I think Georgia's offense is going to really have the ball rolling. Uh, Todd Monken's going to have a system figured out. And, you know, Grantham's one of those guys that likes to really, really rush the quarterback. And, you know, with Georgia not having the best offensive line, Grantham's probably going to want to try to take that bait. And I think Grantham's – or, I'm sorry, Todd Monken's going to have a really good game plan here. I really like uh, Georgia's offense matching up with Florida's defense in this one. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Georgia. Yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia also. Um, I kind of hate to do it, but it's just – Kirby Smart has really just had Damon's number, especially, you know, uh, Kirby Smart's defenses versus Damon's offenses. Uh, he's just really got it figured out. And, um, you know, I just – I don't think Kyle Trask is, is quite the playmaker um, that's going to – they're going to need to be Georgia. I think they're going to need, uh, you know, a, a different quarterback in the years to come, someone who can really do things with his arm and his legs. Um, and I think that they'll get there. I think Damon will get that guy. I'm not sure if that's Emory Jones or if that's someone else, but um, – until that happens, I don't see them beating Georgia. So it's five and one. I would actually say Florida's going to win this one, uh, but mainly because like I kind of just want them to win. I want them to win so they can have something yeah. to talk about. I picked year. Florida in the game last year when we had their little weekly picks. I definitely think that Florida's going to be ready to play this game, though. I mean, I definitely think that they're going to come out and they're going to play really well. I just, you know, it's it's the biggest game of the year for both teams, and you know they're both going to play their best game. And I just think Georgia's more talented, and I just think they match up better with Florida. Next two games, Arkansas and Vanderbilt, we're both going to say we're all going to say Florida's going to win those two games. Last two games of the seasons could be a little trickier. Yeah, these are not gimmies. Uh, Kentucky and Florida, Jamie, what do you got for that one? I went with Florida here, but Kentucky's going to play Florida really tough. I mean, Kentucky's you know played Florida tough in the last three years that they played. The last three years they played, it's been single digit games. Uh, Kentucky obviously went to the swamp two years ago. And beat Florida last year. Kentucky had a double-digit lead over Florida, game, yeah. and then lost in the fourth quarter. Kentucky just like they play with an edge against Florida, like unlike any other mid-pack team that I've seen in the SEC. They always play them tough, and uh, especially with Mark Stoops there. And you know, I really like this Kentucky team. Their defense is going to be really good. Uh, their offensive line is going to be really good in the trenches. Their running game is going to be good. I think Kentucky is going to keep this a low-scoring game with Florida, and they're going to have a shot at the end. I'm going to Florida, but it's going to be one of those uh, excruciating games for Florida fans and for the Florida football team. Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the like Kentucky's won the like the one game out of like the last like 35 or whatever it is. I believe so. That's yeah. true. Yeah. But I mean, but yeah, that's that's certainly true. But I'm just the last few years, like in this series, the trend has been close really game. close games. Yeah. I'm assuming you're taking Florida Hope. Yeah, I'm going to go with Florida in this one. I mean, I just you know. Kentucky could definitely do some things on defense to keep it close, but I just don't think that they have the playmakers to score in Florida. I think it's going to be low scoring, uh, at least by Kentucky. Um, you know, maybe they can get those running backs going, but you know, typically those Todd Grantham defenses stop the run pretty well and forces you to beat them over the top with big plays. And I don't think Kentucky can do that. The next one is the last game of the year at Tennessee. This is fun because it's the last game of the year as opposed to like whatever it is, a third yeah. or fourth game. It is. Hold on before I before you get excited, <laughs> JB, and break this one down for me. Um, this one, JB, it's at Tennessee, and this is December fifth. Fifth. Who knows? By then, like maybe you could get to like fifty percent fans or something crazy out of Knoxville. Yeah, you, we have no idea. Like you know, as far as like fan capacity, what it could be. But even if they do increase capacity, how many fans are you gonna be able to get to come out there? Yeah. And also at the same time, 
cool. How many? How are you going to be able to get all these tickets sold and get people to commit to you know make the trip to Knoxville or, or well, Gainesville or you know anywhere that at the end of the season? Well, I'm pretty sure if like Tennessee announced like two weeks before that game that they're going to have like 75 percent capacity, that like they would have a problem. There would be some fans selling it. But yeah, this game is really exciting matchup for me. I mean, I, I think that uh, Tennessee is definitely in the mode of closing the gap on the top two teams of these. I still think they're one year away, but the advantage Tennessee could have is that this game is in Knoxville. It's in early December, and the week before, Tennessee's playing a Vanderbilt team that's going to likely have been winless all season. And uh, the week before, Florida's coming off an excruciating game against Kentucky. I got Tennessee in the upset in this one, uh, pick, picking uh, the balls to uh, beat Florida. I think that this is finally the season where Pruitt's defense is able to uh, match up with Mullen's offense really well as far as talent level is concerned. I think uh, Pruitt's going to have a really good game plan in this one. And, by, and Tennessee's also going to have a really good offensive line, especially if Kate Mays gets eligible. And I think Tennessee can win this one in a low-scoring affair, and uh, especially in a cold environment, too. I, I if this game was earlier in the year, I would have gone with Florida. But because this is at the end of the season, I think Tennessee is only going to get better like they did this previous season. And by then, Tennessee could be a dangerous team, and I'm going to go with the balls. The Tennessee-Florida rivalry isn't as bad as the Kentucky-Florida game or rivalry, whatever you want to call that. But, I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't been pretty for Tennessee the past, like, 10, 15 years, ever since, like, former left, essentially. Yeah, so, that was the curse. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> We'll see, but like I can for this game, I always kind of just close my eyes and pick Florida just because you've been right every year except for one at, ever since uh, Fulmer left. Um, Holt, do you have anything to add to what JB just said? Um, I mean, I'm assuming you're you're actually might pick different team here. Well, I'm actually gonna pick Tennessee in this Ooh. one. Yeah, I like. I mean, I just think Florida's gonna lose another game somewhere. I don't know where it is. Um, the reason that I I picked this one is just because. Jerry Pruitt really needs a signature win, and I think a lot of people are expecting him to break through this year. Um, I don't know if they're going to be explosive enough in the passing game to, um, you know, to beat Alabama or maybe even Georgia, but, uh, you know, they're really going to be looking for a signature win, and, um, you know, I think that Jeremy Pruitt, much like Kirby Smart, has had a lot of success against Dan Mullen in his career, uh, limiting that offense, so... Um, you know, I think they put it together for this one, and they get that good win at the end of the season to, uh, you know, to get that signature win and keep the fans happy. That's eight and two, Florida. Um, would y'all believe it that the over under for Florida was actually seven games? That's actually where I've got Florida seven and three. I know collectively we have an eight wins, but my projected record was seven and three, so that's right where Vegas. Yeah, I guess I'm just higher on Florida than uh, you are. Y'all are collectively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the other thing too is that people are just not taking into account ten conference games in a row and what that's going to be like. It's going to take a toll. Like, I mean, there's going to be some. There's going to be more upsets this year, I think, than there typically are. Yeah. It could be a cra- I mean, if this year, as crazy as this year has been in general, if it can be anything like the, what, 2007 season, I'd be all for that, even right. though you have three Power Five conferences playing. Like, to me, a 7-3 and three conference record this year would be the equivalent of going 10-2 and two any other given year. Like that's, like, that's a really good year. Like, if you finish 7-3, and three, you had a really damn good season. Yep. All right, so let's move on to Georgia. <laughs> High-level Georgia – or <laughs> high-level Holt. Uh, what can you tell me about Georgia for this coming year? Well, they're obviously replacing a ton on offense. That's kind of been, like, the story um, of the offseason. But the good news is their offense really wasn't that good last year. Um, but they, you know, obviously the offense coordinator moves on. They bring in uh, 
Munkin, who was the former head coach at uh, Southern Miss, did a great job there turning the, uh, their offense around and really made them into an explosive passing team. Um, and I, I think it's a really good hire. I think that he's going to do a really good job. They've got some serious uh, playmakers um, on offense. You know, I don't know if it's going to be Newman or Daniels that gets to the night at quarterback, but both of them um, are talented guys and I think can do well in the system. Um, you know, per usual, they're loaded at running back. That's no surprise. They've got like 10 five-star running backs, um, as they always do. Um, and then, of course, uh, Pickens, George Pickens, the receiver, uh, actually from Hoover in Alabama, um, super talented uh, player, probably going to be the focal point of their passing game. And, um, you know, even though they they lost a lot off last year and they lose Sam Pittman as well, they're really going to have um, some serious playmakers on offense. And, uh, you know, I think that they're going to get that passing game going the first year. You excited about their defense hold, or is their defense always going to be good? Yeah, I mean, I, I just have faith in, in their defense just as a whole. I mean, I – I don't know exactly how many guys they return. I don't have those numbers right in front of me. Um, but it's not nearly as significant as it is on offense. Um, they've got some really good playmakers. They were recruited really well. Um, obviously, you know, actually recruited incredibly. Um, so they're going to be loaded. And Kirby Smart knows how to coach them up. Um, you know, the real question is going to be when they play, you know, Alabama, I guess, you know, early on in the season, um, are they able to slow down that passing game? All right, let's get into the schedule. Over-under for Georgia, believe it or not, is seven, which seems a little low, but they did lose a lot from last year, so maybe I could understand it a little bit. I'll start off with at Arkansas. Um, I'm going to skip that one, unfortunately, to Arkansas fans. we, Sorry, we already, Arkansas. Yeah, we already <laughs> talked about Arkansas before, so not just because we think it's going to be an easy win, but also we covered this previously. Next game is Auburn. I think we covered this as well. This is maybe a split decision. I know I said Georgia. I said Georgia. And I think we all picked George in yeah, this one. I guess you mm-hmm. picked George as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 was uh, telling me yes with his eyes, but not with his uh, face or mouth. All right, so it's 2-0, Georgia. Next game up is Tennessee. This is in Athens. I don't know if that matters, but just telling you, um, this one's this one could be a little fun because uh, on, there's a lot of beef. A lot of beef, as per as per usual, but on face value, you would think Georgia could beat Tennessee. However, this one, this game specifically, is sandwiched in between Auburn and Alabama, so it could be a sleeper game or just a game that they um, flat out lose. JB, what do you got for me? Yeah, Tennessee uh, is to me. They're like I said, they're one year away. I think from really matching up to where they can compete with Georgia in four quarters. I mean, Tennessee's going to play really hard in this game. They're going to come fired up and ready. I think this is going to be close for a half, maybe even three quarters. But Georgia's going to be way too much for them. But, I mean, there's some beef between Kirby Smart and Jeremy Pruitt. Like, those Why? Two, Why? Uh, I think it all stems down to the uh, transfer rule. Um, you know, Cade Mays transferred to Tennessee. Apparently, the main reason that he's not eligible currently is because uh, Kirby Smart is not approving it. So, obviously, Jeremy Pruitt's angry at uh, Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is angry at the system about losing – I mean, there's there's – Whoever you talk to is going to be different opinions, but those two guys, you know, they both worked on saving staff together. They're competitive. They're really competitive on the recruiting trail. And to me, I think they're finally just, you know, starting to butt heads on their, in the recruiting trail too because now Pruitt and Smart are going after the same guys, and Pruitt's won a couple of recruiting battles in the past few months, and that's and they're also battling over a few guys right now currently. So, I mean, that to me is a uh, budding rivalry with uh, Tennessee and Georgia. Kate Mays is an interesting story because – 
He he really wanted to go to Tennessee, but like he just he couldn't do it. Logically. He couldn't, he couldn't do it for Butch Jones. Yeah, it's just it was it was a bad timing for him because it, it was, it was his brother Cooper went to. Yeah, his Tennessee. brother Cooper's at Tennessee. He redshirted last year. He'll be a redshirt freshman. This it's year. Cooper. Cooper's not supposed to be as good as Cade. Though. He's supposed to be good. But he's going to be good. He'll he'll eventually start. But Cade Mays, uh, if he plays this year, is projected first round pick, and so that's the big uh, X factor: is uh, Tennessee can get Cade Mays eligible. They'll have two first rounders on their offensive line. Two former five stars that were going to be sophomores this year, also in the offensive line, and a six-year senior at center. So they would arguably have the best line in the SEC. So you're you're picking Georgia in this game, but Tennessee could maybe keep it close for a half. Yeah, I'd say they can keep it close for a half for sure. Okay. But I'm going with Georgia. Holt. Yeah, I expect a competitive game as well, um, and I also expect Georgia to win. Um, I just don't know if Tennessee's quite there yet. Um, you know, just like I said, I worry about the explosiveness of the passing game and the quarterback situation. I, I just feel like Georgia's going to be um, better at the quarterback position this year. And, um, you know, just a little, bit, a little bit farther down the road. But, you know, again, Tennessee is kind of the wild card for me. I mean, I feel like I said the same thing last, last year. year. I say last year, too. Last year I said I wouldn't be surprised if they went 5-7 and seven or 10-2. and two. Um, they, they, have the t- they have some really good young talent. Um, you know, obviously we trust the offensive coordinator there. Um, from his time in Georgia and, you know, other stops in the past. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that he knows what he's doing. I just don't know if he's got the quarterback yet um, to really put it together. All right, so that's a win for Georgia. Start off 3-0. Next week is at Alabama, which I think we all discussed previously that we all think Alabama's going to this game, right? I did go with Alabama. Close, so. though? Close one, yes. So close. Yeah. I actually have Alabama winning pretty easily in this one. I mean, not like a blowout, but like yeah, comfortable, fourth quarter. comfortable win. Like, I, I would say double digits. Okay. Next game up is at Kentucky. Uh, I'm assuming we're all saying this is Georgia win. I went with Georgia, but, you know, coming off that game at Alabama, I mean, I mean, I can't reiterate say this enough, but, I mean, you can't sleep on Kentucky. I mean, they have to be respected. And, you know, the way that they play, that physical style, that they keep games close and have a chance at the end. And with this game being in Lexington, I mean, Kentucky's going to be in this all the way to the end, too. I mean, I think Georgia wins, but, I mean, I would not be surprised if Kentucky pulled off the upset like Cole was talking about earlier, that there could be a lot of upsets this year. This could be one of those that you circle. I yeah. would, I would. And, I mean, the fifth conference game in a row as well, five conference games in five weeks. Um, you know, you definitely make a good point for that, but – I mean, as good as Kentucky's been the last few years, they have not really shown out against Georgia. Georgia's handled yeah. them pretty easily. I mean, um, so I'm I'm sticking with Georgia until they, they show they can keep up with them. Yeah, I mean, Georgia could be banged up by this point, too, because they played Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama back-to-back-to-back, and then going to Lexington. I mean, that's not an easy stretch. Well, I mean, it's – But, I mean, that's, everybody's going to face tough stretches. Yeah, I was going to say that um, there's really no easy game this season, even in Arkansas Vanderbilt, because they're going to be – I mean – they're still, better than your, they're still better than all your most most of your group of five teams. And they're still really hungry for like a win, so they it's are. just it's tough. Arkansas is going to surprise some people this year, I think. Next game up is Florida, which we just discussed, and we all said Georgia's going to win this game. Uh, after that's at Missouri, which I think we all think Georgia's going to win that game pretty easily. Mississippi State is next. We discussed that previously. We said Georgia's going to win that game. Uh, next game up is at South Carolina, which I would think is, should be an easy Georgia win. But then again, <laughs> South Carolina did win last year in Athens. So this one's worth talking about. Holt, what you got for this one? Um, well, as long as Georgia's able to keep South Carolina starting quarterback in the game, I think they'll be okay. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but there's been a trend the last few years with Georgia losing to backup quarterbacks. Um, yeah. So uh, hopefully they can keep uh, Helensky in the game. 
um, <laughs> and then they'll be able to win it. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I'm just joking, but um, South Carolina, you know, yeah, I mean, I, they have the talent, and Will Muschamp is gonna, you know, coach an ugly game. He obviously went to Georgia. I don't know the feelings between him and Kirby Smart. I doubt that they're best friends. Is it, well, you think um, one's a tough cookie? Maybe. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, that being said, I, I always feel like, you know, Will Muschamp's maybe got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for this game, um, being as that he played at uh, Georgia. So, I mean, I could definitely see uh, this being another ugly South Carolina game, typical Will Muschamp game, but I just don't see South Carolina being good enough to get the win in this game. Yeah, I've, I've got Georgia in this one too, but, I mean, Will Muschamp, every game he's in, it's ugly. It's not going to be a pretty win, but, I mean, Georgia will win, I think, by double digits, but it's not going to be a pretty game. But the way Georgia's schedule sets up, it's not as bad at the end of the season as it was in the middle yeah. of the season. I mean, that's the thing. Is after the Florida game, you feel pretty confident they're going to win the rest of their games. If they can get past that Florida game with one loss, then they're they're going to be sitting pretty, I think, uh, with a really good chance to make it to the SEC championship game and probably the playoff. If they, if they can get through, you know, just like I said, that week 10 against Florida – um, with uh, what well, it's shown as week 10 on here, yeah. But, I don't know what the um, actual weeks are now, yeah. Well, I guess it's going to be November the 7th against Florida. If they if they get out of that week with only one loss and they're they're in the driver's seat, too, I make the playoff, I think. And that's what we have right now is one loss, uh, Georgia, yep, so nine and one. And then, yeah, finish off the season at Vanderbilt. Uh, we're going to say that's a win, so nine and one, Georgia. Um, if you believe it or not, I think we did say those seven wins was the over under for Georgia, seems low for what we just picked them at but we'll we'll see how it plays out it's always going to be fun to watch the games i would i would be very in favor of georgia just going like five and five because that means there'd be a lot of a lot of upsets as long as it's like other teams being good as well we'll, we'll see how it plays out though all right next game up our next team up is <laughs> kentucky jb's favorite team to talk about um jb break down kentucky this year for me yeah kentucky i mean they have a lot of um you know returning starters on offense this year. I mean, what I really like is that they're getting Terry Wilson back. Uh, they've also got Gatewood uh, transfer from Auburn, so that's a really fun quarterback battle. Uh, I don't know who is currently uh, favored to get the quarterback position. I'd like to see Terry Wilson get it, you know, just because I want to see the redemption What's, story. Is Gatewood a sophomore now? He will be a sophomore, I believe. But, I mean, that would be kind of fun to see Gatewood win it and then go against his former, you know, team and yeah. against Auburn. But, Open week, yeah. uh, but also, I mean, they got some talented running backs, too, uh, you know, it feels like they're kind of turning into a running back you too. No, but I mean, but they're they're gonna be fun. I mean, and plus their defense is always stout with uh you know Mark Stoops teams like his teams are just really scrappy. They play hard. I really like this team this year. I mean, I, they got a, they got a lot of returning starters from last year. I think it's like over double digits. You know, for both sides of the ball as far as how many starters they have returning. So that that excites me, and I mean. Before the schedule had changed, you know, I had them winning probably about seven or eight games, which was a really good season for them. Holt, if uh, Will Muschamp can be like one of the only coaches to get fired during the pandemic, would Mark Stoops be one of the only coaches that can get a new job and upgrade promotion during the pandemic if he wins seven games? Yeah, I mean, I I really hate to, uh, you know, bring this evil on to Kentucky fans, but. you know, I think some people are really starting to take notice of what a good job he's doing there, not just on the field and developing a program and running the program as well as he has, um, but also just developing players and, you know, improving every year. Um, I think he's really worked his way into a premier job. I mean, I think if a job comes open, I'm really surprised Florida State didn't go after him harder last year. 
um, being as he has ties there. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if a big-time job comes open, um, you know, like maybe Michigan, uh, potentially. Um, you know, I'm just trying to throw some big names out there that, that may have a coaching change. I mean, I don't know Michigan if Michigan State could have even yeah, I don't. I don't know if he would be a good fit at, like, USC. Um, that just seems like kind of a weird fit. But, um, you know, if one of these big jobs comes open – I really do think that he should be strongly considered because he's done a great job at Kentucky, not just, you know, just like I said, not just recruiting, but also um, just developing players and having like that consistent, um, you know, level of performance year in and year out. Uh, it's been really impressive. And it's crazy because, you know, I think two or three years ago, we were sitting here on this podcast talking about how he's probably going to get fired that year. And then they ended up winning the Citrus Bowl. So shows you how much our great analysis can be. <laughs> And how much you can turn things around too? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember what I said. Uh, well, they they've season. gotten like just a little bit better every year, but it was still not like at all impressive. Yeah, I mean, he went. That was their, like a, that was their breakthrough year. Yeah, because they lost two bowl games where I was like seven and yeah. six, seven and six. But they, they were always like a six win team. And I remember my quote for that year when we did our preview. I I said that Mark Stoops is the epitome of mediocrity in the SEC. Not anymore, though. Not, not anymore. anymore. No, he has set the standard. He is. He is to Kentucky what Dan Mullen was to Mississippi State. He's got an established competitive program now that's compete cannot you know compete with anybody. Yes, sir, JB. I might start doing the uh, Sam Pittman. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says like yes, sir. I think we'll we'll practice on it. We'll get it. We'll get it going by when the season kicks off in a few weeks. All right, so Kentucky's uh, team, and I guess another point I think you made hold is that you're surprised he didn't get the Florida State job last year. I remember I was watching the Belk Bowl replay uh, on the SEC Network uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were talking about how Mark Stoops might leave for like another job, but like he turned down those reports and said, I'm not leaving Kentucky. And I like, had to remind myself, like, what, what job was he considering or what where was he going to go? And then uh, Florida State, like, I did Google and saw Florida State, and it just sounds crazy now, but he was considered at the time for Florida State. Yeah, if only Dada Hardum. <laughs> right, maybe right. could have kept Mike Norvell right, in And Memphis. we could have kept Norvell, and then Kenny Gainwell would be like, I'm going to stay on this ship. <laughs> but it is. Hey, bullshit, I'm coming back. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, Kentucky's schedule. Um, the over-under, I think, is... Five, so no, not much respect. We'll see if we can get more respect. Starting off the season with Auburn at Auburn, we all said that this is going to be a win for Auburn. Um, so we're going to skip that one. That's a that's a tough one, man. How the fuck is that a tough one? It is. I mean, I think Kentucky matches up really well with Auburn, and I Auburn, guess Auburn could be like oh, Auburn earlier in the season is always really iffy for me. I feel like they're like always they a team that struggles. They they, all, they usually yeah. struggle. I they think they last year. That was a ugly game, but they beat it Oregon was, time. but. Kentucky, like, they have a lot of continuity, and I would not be surprised if Kentucky goes to Auburn. I mean, it's not even a home game, really, for Auburn, because yeah. it's not going to be anybody yeah. there. So, I mean, I, I, I like Kentucky's chances. I picked Auburn just because, you know, Auburn is – it's Auburn, and they're supposed to win, but don't yeah. be surprised if Kentucky wins. But say, besides, like, the Tennessee-South Carolina game, I think this is probably, like, the closest game of, of the week ones, the week one matchups. Um, There's a noon kickoff? Good Lord. It's going to be – I mean, because – Auburn lost so much on both lines of scrimmage, and Kentucky is really. Um, that's where their strength is. That's that's where they've really been, you know, strong the last few years. So, um, they, if they come in and they control the lines of scrimmage, then they they could definitely do something. Uh, you know, Auburn obviously is going to have way more playmakers in the passing game and a more you know established quarterback in Bo Nix. But you know, if, if 
Kentucky's able to run the ball on Auburn, then you know all bets are off. Okay, but we're gonna say a loss for Kentucky is Auburn after yes, close after loss. Said that. Okay, so next two games: Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I think we we cover both these games. I think we said uh, Kentucky win for both those games, right? I did Kentucky. I think so. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that's two and one Kentucky going to Tennessee. This is a toss up, JB. What's going on? I went with Tennessee here. I mean. Tennessee just owns Kentucky, right? I mean, no matter how good I – mean, I've said this on last year and the year before. I mean, no sure. matter how bad or good Tennessee is or, you know, Kentucky is, Tennessee always wins this game. I mean, only once in my lifetime – or no, twice in my lifetime, and I'm almost 30, that Kentucky is beating Tennessee. I think I just said you're almost 30, man. Getting it old, is. Getting we are old, getting, old, getting old. Better you than me. Yeah, right. At least you get to turn 30 before us, so, like, you can let us know how it is on the <laughs> other side. So, I'll let like, you know when I get to the dirty 30. Thirty thirty. All right. So, uh, hold. Are you saying Tennessee's going to win this game as well? I'm assuming. Yeah, I'm picking Tennessee as well. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't really have a lot to say about it. This game could really go either way. They're both similar, in my opinion. Yeah. Like one of these two schools. I mean, one of these two teams. I think could definitely surprise where they wanted. I feel like one of them could easily win. You know, seven games and uh, surprise a lot of people. You know, in the SEC this year. I don't. I don't know which one. I probably would say Tennessee just because I like where they are in the offensive and defensive lines. All right, so that is a Tennessee one. That's 2-2, two two, Kentucky going to play Georgia and Lexington. We already said Georgia's going to win that game. That's 2-3, and three, Kentucky going to Missouri. Are we all saying Kentucky's going to win this one pretty easily? I've got Kentucky. Yep. Yeah, I've got uh, Kentucky in this one as well. Okay, so Kentucky's going to win that one. Next game is Vanderbilt. We're going to say Kentucky's going to win that one, right? Yes. Vanderbilt's got to win a game, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure that one out. Well, I don't think we've picked Missouri or Vanderbilt to win a game yet. That so. <laughs> yeah, is. I, yeah. Arkansas fans love, love the company. <laughs> Misery loves company. They love the company. But I'm going to say this. Like, I know I picked Arkansas to go 1-9. That's completely off topic. But they're going to be a lot better looking 1-9 team like, than, most, <laughs> than most. Because last year, they went 2-10. They were not competitive against anybody except A&M. This year, Arkansas is going to be competitive in multiple SEC games. Like they're going to look a lot better. It may not show in the stat record, you know, in their win loss in their win loss record, but they're going to be a lot better. Team. I, mean, I know, I know what you mean. It just it sounds hard to say. Like, man, that was a really good looking one and nine team. It is. I mean, compared to what they've had the last few years, like you know, complete total shit with Chad Morris. I mean, this year they're going to be a lot more respectable. They will be one and nine. But they're going to be a lot more respectable looking, and teams aren't going to look at them, or you know, fans aren't going to look at them as much of a joke. All right, next week at Alabama, we're going to say Alabama's won that win in that game. Where they said that at Florida the next week. I'm assuming we're saying Florida. Oh, we already we already just said that. Sorry, we said Florida's going to win that one as well. And then the last game of the year is South Carolina. This one's actually always fun yeah. to me because this is like a true like equal matchup. Like South Carolina has better players, but Kentucky has like everything better else coaching, better. Yeah. Better coaching. <laughs> better everything else. So Hall, start us off with this one. Yeah, I mean I just Man, this is a tough one. I mean I just I kind of feel like that Well Muncham is kind of already gonna have lost the season. The team. Yeah. So I, I I just tend to go more with Kentucky. I just trust um, you know, Stoops more than Muschamp. Um, you know, I definitely don't expect to be a blowout by any means. Um, you know, the fact that Kentucky doesn't have uh, a lot of great receiver play, and Terry Wilson did show some flashes a couple years ago before he got hurt, but there's still some accuracy questions I have with him. So I just, you know, I'm concerned about Kentucky's offense being able to just, like, put someone like South Carolina away. Um, you know, so I, this game could definitely linger, and, you know, when you have the talent edge, that usually means you're going to have the special teams edge. 
So maybe South Carolina can make a player two on special teams, but I, you know, just like I said, I just I, I have a gut feeling that South Carolina is kind of already going to have given up on the season, um, and then Kentucky's you know really still going to be fighting. Um, so we'll see, but I'm going with, uh, with Kentucky here. Yeah, I've, I've got Kentucky at four and five at this point in the season. So they're trying to get a, get a, get to five hundred, and I they're going to have a little bit more motivation. And I I've got Kentucky in this one. So that's five and five Kentucky, exactly what yeah. the what Vegas is saying. Although here's the thing, like I think four and six will be good enough to get you to a bowl this year in the SEC. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Is that should be good enough for a bowl game? I'm guessing this year it should. I mean, that's a lot better. Than... Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm expecting four. If you go at least four and six in the SEC, you're gonna be going to a bowl. All right, let's move on. Missouri is up next. We got a new coach with Drinkwitz. Coming from App State, coming from NC State as well. High-powered offense is the name of the game. It's what I've been reading at least and watched App State play last year. Um, could be an overrated coach there, right, Holt? Yeah, I mean, just the fact that he went into a really good situation at App State, a loaded team, um, and was just there for one year. And, I mean, yeah, they had a good year. They, you know, they A lot won. of coaches would have made that team look good. Yeah, right? I mean, that's the truth. I mean, he walked into a really good situation. I don't think we really learned that much about him. Took advantage um, of it and got himself in power five. His, uh, yeah. his, you know, his um, offenses at NC State were good, but not like amazing. I mean, yeah. I just the thing is, is like I, I have been sort of impressed by him. Like when he speaks, he definitely seems like he knows what he's talking about and he knows what he's doing. Um, aside from the Sun Belt reference uh, that he made in his press conference, uh, it was a little embarrassing. But uh, other than that, he's been pretty impressive and. Uh, you know, I'm kind of anxious to see what this team looks like. Um, you know, we're not going to pick them to have a very good record, spoiler alert. Um, but uh, definitely think that, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what they're going to do. And obviously Larry Roundtree, who I was reminded today, is actually not graduated a couple years ago. He's actually still there. So be interesting to see what you can do with him and uh, what this team looks like. Yeah, my main reservation with Drinkwitz is, I mean, he was only at App State for one year. He inherited an you awesome to, situation. You have to say something different than what Holt just said. I know. I'm, I'm, my point being is that uh, he, he has a really great offensive mind. He's young, but he's unproven. But that's what's so scary to the rest of the SEC because we really don't know how good he can be. Missouri, he might be the next big thing. Missouri went 6-6 six and six last year with Barry Odom. Do you all think – I mean, there's 10 games, so you can't say he's going to go 6-6 six and six this year. But do you think they will be better this year than they were last year? No. Yeah, it's just also new system, new coach. Yeah, new system, new coach. It's hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I don't, I'm not as confident. They also don't have Kelly Bryant anymore. Obviously, they didn't have they don't have Drew Locke. That was one of the best quarterbacks to come through. Also, you know, tough, Missouri. Schedule. tough schedule and a tough schedule too. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're Missouri, if you can, if you win three games this year at Missouri, that's, that's a, a huge, good season. That's a huge one. That's think. a good huge. season. That's a good three and three and six. That's a damn good three <laughs> and seven. So seven. You're right. You're right. You're right. Good math. All right. Let's get to the season. Starting off the week against Alabama. Uh, that's a loss. Sorry. Uh, next week at Tennessee. Uh, we haven't discussed Tennessee yet. So this one, um, I'm assuming we're all saying this is going to be a Tennessee win. I've got Tennessee here. Yep. All right. LSU at LSU next. That's a LSU win as well. <clears throat> Vanderbilt. Missouri win, right? Big Missouri win. I've got Missouri. At, I'm not going to say big, but I do like Missouri in this one. This is the homecoming game. Easy win holder. Is this one going to be challenging? Because Vanderbilt's going to try to win a game this year. I too. feel like this well, is... That's the thing is I feel like both these teams are going to come into this game being like, all right, guys. No, I don't want to win this one. <laughs> we got to win one game this year. <laughs> this is like the one game for both schools like where they're going to both say this is our best chance to win. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but you still think? Yeah, I'm going with Missouri. I just okay. think they're a little bit more talented. But that being said, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Vanderbilt won this game. Next game at Florida, that's a uh, another L. Another loss. And then Kentucky, we already said that was another L. Another loss. Georgia, another L. Another L. I'm sorry. At South Carolina, JB. At South Carolina, I mean, South Carolina's ugly. I mean, what full much champ is like way by gone. this? Yeah, by this point in the season, I mean, the season could be lost for South Carolina. I mean, who knows? I mean, I really think that South Carolina and Missouri are both fighting for fifth place in the East this year, and this this will decide fifth. But I'm going to South Carolina because they're just way more supremely talented, and I I, I think that they're going to be able to uh, you know win ugly against Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go to South Carolina as well. I don't feel great about it. Um, this is really a toss up for me. But South Carolina's at home, and they have a significant talent edge, and the coach, um, you know, the coaching, I guess, head to head is kind of unknown at this point because we don't really know about drink quits all right so next game is arkansas and we already said that's a win for missouri so that's the i've, got, picked, yeah, I've got, got arkansas, arkansas. Oh, shit. this is my arkansas win this year arkansas special Beating missouri the arkansas Dang, special you are really shitting on missouri I mean, Dude, it just sucks that arkansas and Vanderbilt don't play this year <laughs> every year every because year. <laughs> last year we were talking about like the toilet the toilet bowl we should make them yes. play we should make them, been so exciting we should have made uh arkansas and vanderbilt play like a bowl game against each other to determine who's the worst team in the conference <laughs> and be like what's it called <laughs> and then like instead of like having the winning team accept the trophy after the game you have the losing team accept the trophy for like the worst team <laughs> in the conference. that and like um the losing team should be like relegated to like a Group of five, like the American or something. Sounds like Champions League football here. Call it Memphis. Yeah, we'll just we'll say Memphis. <laughs> we'll say Memphis and Arkansas Vanderbilt. Switch it out. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. So okay, the big rivalry. I, I forgot about that one. So we did say Arkansas was going to win that one. Um, all right. So that's I think that's at four. We have and then at Mississippi State. I think we said that Mississippi State's going to win this game. I've got State in this one. So we have uh, Vanderbilt. In Arkansas, or you know, dang, you're one and nine. I've got Missouri at one and nine. I mean, it's hard to believe that I've got them that bad, but I'm not as high on them as Vegas. I think Vegas got them at maybe around three. two, three. two and a half or three. three. Okay, yeah. I mean three. I mean Vegas likes them a lot I mean, more you, than I you do. Think about I, mean, it. I, I put all the toss ups as losses for them, and that's it's, why. Because I mean, they have they have three right. or four toss up games on there, and I just marked them all as losses because I just don't know what I'm going to see out of them this yeah, year. Yeah, like Missouri to me is hard to pick, and, you know, Drinkwitz unproven. And, yeah, the only toss-up I picked him to win was, Van, was Vandy. But I, I I picked Arkansas to get him an upset. Arkansas has got to win a game. This is their game to win. South Carolina, they got too much of a talent edge. And, I know um, it's going to sound a little crazy, but, I mean, for hard to hear a whole bit, Mississippi State could be a toss-up. Yeah. Well, that's – I mean – you know, the truth is, like, a lot of these lower-level teams in the conference, we really just have no idea what they're going to look like. Yeah, I mean, that's how it was last year. I, I think I think State is is more talented, and they're going to, you know, obviously I trust Mike Leach more, but his first years haven't always been great. So, I mean, and plus it's the week after the Egg Bowl. So, I mean, yeah. you know, you put all those things together, you know, obviously Missouri is going to be coming off, you know, their game with Arkansas, yeah. which is a, a huge game. I mean, with State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt – uh, one of those schools you feel like is going to put it together, you know, creep around four or five wins, and then one of them is definitely just going to absolutely shift the bed and only win one game, maybe not even win you a game at all. You throw Ole Miss in there. Hmm? You I think you did. I did. did. Yeah, I did throw Ole Miss in there. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, Arkansas. 
in Arkansas. Okay. Because oh, I was about to say, I only heard four teams. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's five. We just have Vanderbilt. Can we back? I did not throw Vanderbilt in there. Okay, I mean, so I, I got saying Vanderbilt. I got Vanderbilt. I mean, I, I, there's no over Vanderbilt. We have there's no shame in bed for Vanderbilt. They already <laughs> yes, shut the bed. But as far as those four teams are concerned, I feel like one of them could surprise us and win four or five games, maybe five games. Yeah. And then one of them, I think, is going to completely shit the bed and only win one game. We just. Yeah. I, the one I got shitting the bed is Missouri. <laughs> you sound like uh, the guy on Vegas Vacation when he's like, the damn tour? Are there any damn questions? He's going to shit the bed. He's going to shit the bed. I'm going to shit the bed. We're going to shit the bed. That's who's, what you who's your pick to shit the bed? <laughs> Man, that's the next uh, Twitter question. Not a poll. Just a, that should be a retweeter. A little like one. Shit the bed. <laughs> who's going to shit the bed? You got to put Arkansas as one of them just so they can yeah. retweet. <laughs> they can retweet the other two. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get it out there. Trust us. All right, let's move on to um, South Carolina. I'm not going to do a preview for – I mean, we'll do the win-loss by game, but we're not going to talk about them overall just because we've talked about Will Muschamp and South Carolina plenty already. So let's go straight into the games. Uh, Over-under for South Carolina is three-and-a-half, so not very impressive, but they do play um, a tough schedule like everyone else because they play conference, 10 conference games. Starting off with – Tennessee um, in South Carolina. JB, I know, and we'll talk about Tennessee. I know um, you think Tennessee's going to like take the next step this year and be better, like to compete with Georgia and Florida in two years, or the next year, I guess. Uh, but if you recall, we thought Tennessee was going to be better last year, and they were towards the end of the year, but they did shut the bed against Georgia State. Yeah, they shit the, Tennessee shut the bed early in the season against Georgia State and BYU. And, you know, they finished, like, with, what, seven out of their last eight games they won. So, I mean, if they didn't shit the bed those two games, they would have finished nine and three, which is the crazy difference. My question is, do you think they'll shit the bed bed at the beginning of the year? I don't think Tennessee's going to shit the bed this year. What about shitting the bed? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean... I feel like I've been saying you that. You said uh, shit the bed like five times. I know. Uh, it sounds like, you know, Vegas vacation. I am your damn tour guy. Don't ask any damn questions, you know. Can't get any damn bait. Yeah. All right. So we think Tennessee might not shit the bed this year at the beginning of the year. Um, Holt, for Tennessee's defense, um, might have mentioned this earlier before in passing, but uh, we trust Nick Saban's defense. We trust uh, Kirby Smart's defense. Do we – have we reached a point where we trust Jeremy for his defense? Um, I mean, not quite, just because he hasn't been able to develop the defensive linemen um, like those two schools have. Uh, but that being said, I definitely have a lot of faith in him. I think he schematically is really good. I think he teaches the offense well. I think he relates to the players well. So, you know, I think he will eventually get a turnaround, but um, you're good to, them to that level. But we need to see those elite defensive linemen start coming through. You are right about that. Uh, who's the who's the linebacker, JB? Henry Tuo Tuo. Uh, he's a sophomore this year. After his junior year, I expect him to be a first round pick. I mean, he is super talented. That's that's where Tennessee's really talented is in the linebacking core. They're young, but they got some really good talented players there. Especially Corvarius Crouch, I think is going to also be another guy, another talented sophomore this year. Also, Jeremy Banks is back on the team. He's going to be battling for position. Uh, JJ Peterson. Redshirt sophomore. There's a lot of young, talented players on that uh, linebacking group this year. All right, for Tennessee's schedule, we've gotten through almost all of these except for Vanderbilt from other games. So let's just talk about the toss-up games. I think the over/under for Tennessee's at 
five and a half or six. Five and a half. I thought it was five, so it went up a little bit. Five and a half. Money's been coming in on the other side. Well, this was from like August 18th, so it still could be changing. Yeah, it always will be. Of course. So um, let me just run through the schedule real quick, and then we'll talk about the toss-up game. So at South Carolina, Missouri, at Georgia, Kentucky, Alabama, at Arkansas, A&M, at Auburn, at Vanderbilt, Florida. So we'll just break it down this way. Easy wins. Um, Missouri should be easy. Kentucky should be not fairly easy, but, like, it should be a win. They always beat Kentucky. Arkansas should definitely be an easy win. Vanderbilt. And at Vanderbilt should be an easy win. So that's that's three, maybe four games that are easy wins. The definite losses that we're counting are at Georgia, Alabama, and that's maybe about it because we could yeah. say Auburn. We could say Auburn, but Auburn's – Auburn, uh, they beat Auburn a couple years ago at Auburn. So um, that leaves, with us, leaves us with the toss-ups. Uh, at South Carolina. Kentucky. Uh, well, you're saying Kentucky. I'm saying, like, maybe it's easy win. But uh, A&M at Auburn and Florida. So out of those four toss-up games, or how many ever we just said, which ones um, Which ones are you most confident in? Um, as far as those... Uh, South Carolina, right? South Carolina, definitely. And between A&M, Auburn, and Florida... It was tough between Florida and Auburn, but I went with Florida more confident because it's at the end of the season. But I think Tennessee also matches up really well with Auburn, too. That's another big toss-up. But do you think they'll shit the bed in one of those other games? <laughs> I mean, they could shit. I mean, if they're going to shit the bed against one of them, it would shit the bed against Texas A&M. But I don't know if they are going to shit the bed. <laughs> um, Hope, could you see Tennessee going 7-3, and 8-2, or 4-6, and 3-7? I mean, that's the thing is just, like, I feel like they're, like, probably the biggest wild card because they're one of the few teams that actually has um, enough talent to um, really fluctuate in their win total. I think a lot of it's pretty set. But, you know, I think between them and, I mean, I would say South Carolina, but I just know that they're not going to be that good. So I I can't really say that. Um, I think Tennessee is probably the one team you look at and think, like, all right, are they going to – Take that step forward this year, or are they going to keep, you know, shooting the bed as JB likes to say? <laughs> yeah. So our consensus, if I can just run through it again real quick, be South Carolina win, Missouri win, Georgia loss, Kentucky win, Alabama loss. That's three and two. Arkansas win. That's four and two. A and M loss. Four and three. Auburn loss. I'm going with a loss for Tennessee here, but I mean at this point, I mean that this it's a toss up. But I picked Auburn in the previous podcast. I'm going to go with Auburn still, but I wouldn't be surprised if my pick changes by the time this you know game rolls around. Because I, I really want to see Tennessee and Auburn, you know, after a few games to really have a general feel. Four, four and four, I think. Um, at Vanderbilt, that's an easy win. That's five. That's correct. And then Florida, we said actually collectively a win, so that would be six and four. Six and four. I think five and five might be more right. It's just tough. It's tough. It's tough. It is. I mean, five and five. I think. I think most people are having Tennessee four and six as the floor. Uh, surprisingly, like I saw Matt Leinert from Fox Sports. He's got Tennessee at eight and two this year, which is. He's really he's got them as his uh, breakout team in the SEC. I am not that high on them. I think Tennessee's ceiling, in my opinion, is eight and two, but I don't. I'm not as high on them as Matt Leinert. Uh, my my win total for them is anywhere from five to seven, but that's why I'm nestled at six and four. Nestled in there. Nestled, nestled in there at six. Nestled and four. in there in that bed. Don't you? No. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you tough little cookie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Uh, let's get to Vanderbilt and um, in an effort to not make this sound as bad as possible, we'll just talk about Vanderbilt's um, in general well, terms. I, I do have one thing to say about Vanderbilt before we talk about how they're going to go on 10. <laughs> yeah. Um, there has been a lot of uh, positive feedback out of camp about their true freshman quarterback, Ken Seals, um, freshman from Texas, I believe, um, the Woodlands, Texas. So um, not the highest rated. I think he's listed as the 21st rated quarterback in the country for the 24-7 composite rankings. Um, but uh, apparently he's really shown out in practice. Um, they brought in, I believe, a junior college transfer and a grad transfer, and he's looking like he's he may possibly beat out both of them. So, uh, you know, we could be potentially talking about this dude for a long time. Um, you know, he may not be an NFL guy, so maybe we'll just be talking about him for the next, like, six or seven years um, as Vanderbilt's quarterback. So that's something to be excited about and uh, definitely get a glimpse into the future with him this year. Unfortunately, Keyshawn Vaughn did graduate, um, so we hate to see that. Uh, was a great name. Good situation though, the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know we're gonna miss him and you know Clavon Chason and all those dudes. We love saying those names, but uh, so uh, fortunately his college career has ended. But uh, you know we definitely wish him the best of luck in the NFL. Um, so this is this kind of surprised me, but it, I guess it makes sense. This is Derek Mason's seventh year at Vanderbilt, and he's been all over the place in terms of getting fired one year or leaving for Colorado another year. So it's um it's been entertaining. Um I just I feel bad I feel bad for Arkansas and Vanderbilt fans, but probably more I feel worse yeah, for I feel like Vanderbilt. they I feel like they have hope. You know what I mean? Like Vanderbilt I feel like doesn't have any hope. Yeah, Arkansas can at least like they actually care more as a university as a yeah. whole more than Vanderbilt. I mean Vanderbilt, I mean I mean let's face it, the main reason they're in the SEC is because it's a prestigious institution, it's a research institution. But as far as athletics are concerned, I mean they put the least amount of money in athletics of all fourteen SEC schools and it's not even close. If it was redone then Vanderbilt wouldn't be in the SEC, I don't think. Except for they are good in baseball. They're actually good in a lot of sports besides uh, football. They are. I mean, they definitely bring it in baseball. I mean, they're prestigious in baseball. I mean, they're um, they're, ama- they're outstanding. They're good in women's cross country too. I mean they've had some good basketball teams in the past too. Yeah. And they've got a, uh, you know, they're all four of their highest rated players coming out of high school. They got four four stars on their team, and they're all four going to be sophomores this year. So uh, they're probably looking for those guys to take a step forward. They got one defensive lineman, one linebacker, one safety, and one receiver, Cam Johnson. So, you know, definitely along with the quarterback, they're going to be hoping those four guys can take a step forward and hopefully be, you know, I guess more leadership guys going forward for their next, uh, you know, six and six bowl team. <laughs> so collectively, we are going to say Vanderbilt's going zero and ten. However, I think, I think they might win a game here. Or there, where, where do you see it? Where uh, is it? I mean, like probably. The- I mean, LSU's losing every single player, so like, I think. I mean, it's at Nashville. I mean, they lost to Troy a few years ago. Maybe they'll sneak some Titans players in there on the team. Um, JB, I'll go over the schedule real quick so you don't have to keep lurking on my computer. But it's a- at A&M, LSU, South Carolina, at Missouri, Ole Miss, at State, at Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, at Georgia. Isn't that so funny is that Vanderbilt's hosting LSU again this year, and they hosted them last year in Nashville. So two, yeah, two consecutive I'm, seasons. I'm sure LSU isn't complaining. Yeah. Oh, no, they're not. I mean, who, who would complain about going to Nashville? It's an awesome city, and you get to bring a lot of your fans with you. So the win- games they could win, this year, I think they could win against Ole Miss. It's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, like, if they beat South Carolina or Missouri, <clears throat> Ole Miss, maybe even Mississippi State, I wouldn't be, like, shocked if they yeah. won any. Look at that stretch. That, that's, the, that's the stretch where they could win. One. South Carolina to Kentucky. Um, South Carolina at Missouri or Ole Miss at State at Kentucky. If they beat South Carolina, there's some momentum against Missouri. Momentum they go, and confidence. They 
beat South Carolina, Missouri, then Ole Miss looks easy, and then Mississippi State looks easy, and then even Kentucky looks like a toss-up at that point. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, of course, this is like in the stars aligning for Vanderbilt if this happens. If uh, if Mark Stoops leaves Kentucky this year, do you think Derek Mason just jumps at Kentucky? <laughs> if he wins like if he wins like four or five games, in I think this Kentucky year. would not even look at Derek Mason. I think I would. No, they, they I would expect Kentucky to look better. bigger. They think they're better than him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually think Derek Mason's a pretty good coach. I just think he's in kind of a no-win situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to win at Vanderbilt. But like, even, he's done. A, he's, done a, he's done an outstanding job at a losing situation. Even uh, James Franklin did great at Vanderbilt, but like he was. He was just put yeah. in at the right time. Yeah, yeah. well, not not. Ju- well, I mean, right time, like in the in sense week, that Georgia and Florida were both down. Tennessee was all three yeah. of them were down. Tennessee was down too. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, Georgia and Florida have really turned it around in our you know premier programs now. And James Franklin wouldn't win eight no. games at Maryland now. No. no, he would. Only, he, I think he would have. If Maybe Franklin was still there, he would probably have him bowl eligible every yeah. year. Maybe five or six wins, but they would not be an eight win team every year like they were. For those couple seasons, yeah, um, good for him for getting out though. <laughs> he got out at the right time, yeah, and he got Penn State, which is great for him. And he was about to be fired at Penn State too. Now yeah. he's like one of the best. Coaches. Yeah, I mean, Derek Mason's a really good coach. I mean, and players love him. He's a players' coach. I, I, I would love to see him at a you know a different gig. I mean, he, I want to see him somewhere where they really care about their football program. And at Vanderbilt, I mean, they just don't care about. I hope it. they beat Tennessee again, just so I can see him go off. Oh my god, and sing Rocky Top as all the fans are trying to leave. Yeah. yeah. That's funny, but no, there wouldn't be any fans there, though. They, they well, hey, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll just funny. go to a bar in Nashville. Of course, somewhere. of course, that's in, this game's in Nashville too. Yeah, but still, I mean, it's like I mean, Central. Central. that is yeah, one of like my favorite college baller related videos like yeah. of all time. I had to go deep. All deep those in like the fraternity, all those get... fraternity, bros. Vanderbilt bros <laughs> singing Rocky Top is all the time. Like, fans are like in traffic, square trying to, like, dancing, <laughs> square dancing, and they're like, "Oh, let's play one more time, guys." It's funny, um, yeah, because Vanderbilt they they had I don't think the like last laugh, but that is like a laugh. No, like Vanderbilt looks at Tennessee as their biggest rival in the conference. I mean, Kentucky looks at Tennessee as their biggest rival in the conference, but when Tennessee yeah. looks at them, they're like, you know, third, Fuck fourth. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're probably like you know fourth and fifth on their list. The moral of the story is that everybody hates Tennessee. Yeah. They do. They do hate Tennessee. Um, all right, so that is Vanderbilt season in a nutshell. Um, zero and ten. But some hope for Ole Miss and South Carolina. Maybe Will Muschamp will, will shit the bed like everyone else in Tennessee, <laughs> and he'll he'll get he'll <laughs> he'll listen to to Vanderbilt, and then that'll get the the, the ball rolling for Derek Mason, and he can um, sing Rocky Top to mock the Tennessee fans on their way out. <laughs> I would love to see Derek Mason sing Rocky Top. I think that'd be good. I think if they just they he's like singing <laughs> they like them. right into Jerry Pruitt's face. <laughs> Doing square dancing with his assistant coaches, and like his assistant coaches had the banjo playing. <laughs> we need some more banjo. And then Jeremy Bruce was like, "Well, fuck this shit. I'll do it too." <laughs> all right, sorry. That's Vanderbilt's um, gonna have a fun year for us. All right, so that's all the SEC East teams. So I think we have. Do we have Georgia winning the East? I'm assuming. I've got Georgia winning the East nine and one. But Florida could could win, and just like yeah. always. <laughs> but now that we've done collectively the West and the East, uh, I will make the note on here that when we did the West episode, I had LSU nine and one, and A and M at eight and two. I flip flop those two games. I got A and M at nine and one, LSU at eight and two. Here's the crazy part: Alabama's nine and one, Georgia's nine and one, A and M's nine and one. 
Alabama's going to have the tiebreaker over over A&M, so they're going to the SEC championship. That means A&M, by default, is very likely going to make it into the playoff in this scenario without even having to play the championship game in Atlanta. So that is a huge win to me for A&M. They just got to avoid avoid shitting the bed somewhere along the line. They do, and, and, you know, Jimbo Fisher's got to, you know, perform. And, I mean, the stars are aligning for this A&M team, especially like we talked about. They have 17 returning starters, I mean – that's an awesome recipe. Yeah, you can't forget about Memphis going undefeated again in American. That's right. What if Memphis got in and said Texas A&M? I guess so they did lose last year to whoever it was. I mean, it's even if they went undefeated, I still don't think a group of five gets in. Any be, any group of five. This should I mean, I think that's like, not even this year, I think that's like just ever. It's just ever, yeah. yeah it's just the way it is. I would expect if you go 9-1 in the SEC and don't make it to Atlanta, you're going to be in for sure. I even think that 8-2, and two, uh, you're still going to be in the conversation. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see how it plays out. I'm I'm just holding my breath until the season starts. It was nice to get the first game out of the way with uh, Central Arkansas Austin P last week. So, um, it's supposed to be games this this week. So hopefully those go without any problems and we can just move on towards the SEC opening week in uh, what three weeks now for now I think four weeks three weeks from three and a half weeks. Yep, so we'll we'll see. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Any final words? Do you want to talk about shit in the bed again, or are you good? I think I'm good. I think yeah. we've said it about you know 69 times tonight, so we're good. All right. Tough cookie. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, make sure you follow us on uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, MySpace, Friendster, LinkedIn, and everything else in between. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.